C.S. Lewis once said, Enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say, landed in disguise. As I record this, our Jewish friends around the world are celebrating the ancient holiday of Hanukkah. And while it's not a holiday that I love or celebrate in the same way that they do, it is one for which I have a deep appreciation. I mean, how many other modern holidays can we say were celebrated in the days of Jesus? Additionally, I love the story behind it. It is the story of overcoming evil and humiliation, of restoring pride in your people, and it contains, as do all good stories, the birth of some really great nicknames. And you can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames. The nicknames that others give them, and the nicknames that they give themselves. A few years ago, I played in a golf tournament with some friends. Only one of us was really any good at golf, so we learned quickly that we were playing for fun and really nothing else. One of my friends on the team that day was John, and I should say that his name was also John. I'm not calling myself my own friend. To all the John Mulaney fans out there, you're welcome. To everyone else, just keep listening. Now it's hard for me to describe to you what kind of a man my friend John is without you being able to see him in person. But basically, what I will tell you is that if a tank could be a person, it would be my friend John. This is a widely recognized fact. So widely recognized that every year at Halloween, John is asked to portray a certain character in a local costume parade. There's a picture of John in that parade up on my blog at citrusgetsreal.com. John is dressed in this parade as Thor. Thor, the god of thunder. That's the character that John is asked to portray every year in the town Halloween parade. Now in the Marvel movies, Thor is portrayed by Chris Hemsworth. And just for reference, also on my blog at citrusgetsreal.com, there's a picture of John dressed as Thor next to the actual Thor, Chris Hemsworth. If you were to go look at that picture, you would see that John has bigger arms than Thor. So needless to say, when Thor hits a golf ball, sometimes it goes straight, sometimes it goes into the woods, and sometimes it hits a house. But every time, it goes far. Very, very far. So far, in fact, that sometimes you can hear the person whose house that John has just hit with the golf ball say, what is happening? I don't even live on a golf course. That's how far John hits the ball. So we're playing in this golf tournament, and John does what he does, and he hits a ball, and it went far. How far? Very far. And so we all hoot and holler at him, and the other guys on our team decide to start calling John Smash. For the rest of the day, from then on, every time John hits a ball, Smash! Smash! Nobody has ever looked at me or at anything I've ever done and thought to call me Smash. And you can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames, especially the nicknames others give them. There's mention in the Bible, in John chapter 10, of Jesus being at something called the Festival of Dedication. Now, if you're observant, included with that is probably a notation in your Bible that says something like, that is, Hanukkah. And to really understand what is happening in the rest of chapter 10, you have to grasp Hanukkah as the backdrop. About 165 years before the time of Jesus, Judea was invaded by the Seleucids, who were basically the Romans before there were Romans. They sieged Jerusalem and they desecrated the temple of God, the holiest site 
for a Jewish person and the kind of thing that would have absolutely upended their world. The ruler who led this attack, named Antiochus Epiphanes, walked to the altar of God and sacrificed a pig on it, which if you know anything about ancient Judaism, you know is the highest of insults. Antiochus Epiphanes, by the way, is a self-given nickname, and it meant God manifest. His contemporaries didn't think too highly of that, so they called him Antiochus Epimenes, which meant the madman. And this is an important detail for us to remember, because as you know, you can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames, the nicknames that others give them, and the nicknames they give themselves. Now this act by Epiphanes obviously didn't sit well with the Jewish people, so after a while they staged a revolt to win back the temple and eventually rededicate it. This rededication in 164 BC is the first Hanukkah. The Jews repurify the temple and have an eight-day celebration, which is where we get the eight-day festival of lights, during which in this passage from John chapter 10, Jesus is preaching. This revolt, by the way, was led by a man named Judas Maccabees. Judas being the name given by his father, and Maccabees the nickname given by his friends. It meant the hammer. You can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames, especially the nicknames others give them. No one has ever looked at me or at anything I've ever done and thought to call me the hammer. When the religious leaders come to Jesus in John chapter 10, they say to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. But look around. It's Hanukkah. Jesus is standing in the temple, and the Romans are standing right outside the door. They say history repeats itself, and in this case, it certainly has. The religious leaders aren't looking for Jesus, at least not who or what he actually is. They're looking for the hammer. But instead of giving them what they are looking for, instead of saying, yes, I am here to overthrow the Romans, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Once again, Jesus in the temple during Hanukkah is asked, are you the Messiah? Translation, are you the next Judas Maccabees? And Jesus responds, I and the Father are one. Translation, no, I'm not the next hammer. I'm Epiphanes. I am God manifest. After this statement by Jesus that he and the Father are one, the account states that the religious leaders wanted to kill him. Now, without the context, without this backdrop of Hanukkah, this seems like it could be an overreach. And most people explain it away as the religious leaders thinking that Jesus is being blasphemous. But it is much, much more than that. Given this backdrop of Hanukkah, with the Romans in power, and this particular statement by Jesus, do you now see why? And to be honest, it's tough to blame the religious leaders. Jesus has just apparently trashed a cherished holiday celebration. They think they are standing up for what they believe, for honoring God. And these are noble things to defend. There are also accounts surrounding this moment where Jesus is called a madman. Now, don't ever let anyone tell you that Jesus didn't claim to be God that the church just made it up hundreds of years later. 
There is no other reason to kill him, especially when you understand what he did against this historical backdrop and others like it. He claimed to be God, and he's either Epimenes or he's Epiphanes. He's either a madman or he truly is God Manifest. You can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames, the nicknames others give them, and the nicknames they give themselves. As we continue in the golf tournament, my friend John continues hitting bombs, and every time he does, we continue to all yell, smash! And I don't contribute much to our efforts, but every now and then I hit a shot that is useful to the team. When I do, the problem that my friends begin to encounter is they don't know what to call me. So they asked me, do you have a nickname? Now I didn't really think about my response to my friends. If I had, I would have a different story to tell you today. But I didn't, so I simply blurted out, well, back where I used to live, my friends called me Peaches. And as you can maybe imagine, they exploded in laughter. So for the rest of the golf tournament, John and I became Peaches and Smash. Every time we did anything at all, it was Peaches and Smash. Now I would give anything for just once in my life to be considered the Smash end of that equation. Later on that night, I checked my phone and I had a text from my pastor. Now, when you get a text from your pastor, I don't know what it says, but I imagine it says something like, hey, I'm praying for you, or hey, I read this Bible verse and it made me think of you. But all my text from my pastor said was, hey, just checking in, peaches. No one ever looks at me or at anything I've ever done and calls me smash or the hammer because they look at me and they call me peaches or Mouse, that was a nickname once. Tangerine, that was another one. Or the nickname I had in high school, Johnny Bubbles, which wasn't bad because it sounded like a 1920s gangster. But then everybody just started shortening it to simply Bubbles. And a 17 or 18 year old guy going around that everybody calls Bubbles, well, that's a story for another day. You can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames, the nicknames others give them, and the nicknames they give themselves. the rest of the New Testament, the same Jesus who was God manifest to some and a madman to others is given other nicknames, son of David, son of man, and the one you hear a lot this time of year, God with us. And he begins to call his people names. There are the brothers, James and John, who Jesus nicknames the sons of thunder. Simon gets the nickname Petra or Peter, which means rock. And there are names for me and for you and the rest of his people, ambassadors, masterpieces, children of God. Elsewhere in John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd because you can tell a lot about a person by their nicknames and he calls us his sheep because you can tell a lot about people by the names others give them. In verse 3 of chapter 10, we read, The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He not only calls us by name, he calls us to join him. C.S. Lewis once said, 
enemy-occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say, landed in disguise. And is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. I love this time of year because religion is on everyone's minds. As Christians celebrate the Advent, or literally the arrival of Christ, our Jewish friends celebrate Hanukkah, the rebirth of sorts of their own tradition. During such a time, I'd urge you to consider the claims of Jesus if you never have before. You can choose not to believe him. I choose to believe. You can decide that the claims are crazy. They are but I also believe that they are true. But you cannot say that he did not make audacious claims. You can't say that he didn't come to disrupt the ways that we go about living. You can't say that he didn't come and draw a line in the sand. You can't say that he didn't come to upend even your holiday traditions and assumptions and mine. There was no other reason for people to kill him. If you would call yourself one of his followers, be encouraged. He's calling you by name, and he has a new name to call you. Some of those things may be hard for us to hear, but it's worth it, and it's true. And if you are not one of his followers, he is calling to you as well. If you've never given consideration to his claims before, there's no better time to start than now. He has a place for you. He has a new name to call you, too. And as we all know, you can tell a lot about a person by their new names. The new names that others give them and the new names they give themselves. <laughs>